Hello, and welcome to the Rather Good Chat podcast, episode three, The Sea. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. Hooray! How are you today, David? <laughs> How are you today, David? I'm, uh, I still have a cold, so apologies in advance, but yes, yes good, otherwise. Well, that's good, good to know. Excellent. Not the cold, obviously. Um, no. Yes, I am resplendent. Ooh. I have a kind of glowing aura of majesty today. Right, an aura. Oh, brilliant. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's glowing and, you know, kind of bathing everything and everyone around me in a, a kind of ecstatic warmth. Is it visible to all humans or just people who claim to be able to see auras? No, all, all things, you know, right. animate or inanimate. That's, it's, that's unusual. It's very much like beaming microwaves at everyone and everything. I strongly suspect it's carcinogenic. Is it, is it an aura or is it Cherenkov radiation? I mean, it could be something to do with all that uranium glass I've eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not to- supposed to eat that, Joel. You know that. You know that. Well, it's it's science, isn't it? You, we were talking about it last episode, and I just thought, well, I'm encouraging people to eat uranium glass. I should probably just try it myself. And sure enough, I'm now bathing everything in this beautiful warmth, this excellent, delightful green aura of positivity and ecstasy. <laughs> yes, yeah, and cell damage. You can see everybody, they get this kind of lovely, healthy, rosy glow as they approach me. Their skin their, goes their all skin. kind of red yeah. and, and healthy looking. <laughs> <laughs> you should try it. I really, I think I will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know whether I mean really you should try eating it or whether you should just try embracing me so you can feel the warmth of it all. You well, know. I, I'll look up where my nearest nuclear power plant is. Right. I think there's, I think there's one fairly nearby. Well, that's good, isn't it? Mm. What are you going to do? Just kind of wander in and are you going to ask for some? I want to go for a swim in the big pool. You know how they've got, like... The inviting cooling pond. Yeah, the cooling pond, that's it. Yeah, I want to yeah. have a nice splash around in there. Sounds lovely. Yeah, because it's got... It's nice and warm, isn't it? That's why it's called a cooling pond, because it's got warm things in it. It has. Apparently, though, I, I, I read this, apparently um, water is such an amazingly good radiation shield that actually... The reason why you're not allowed to swim in it has nothing to do with it being dangerous. Just that, obviously... I read this, that like the depth that you'd be at if you were swimming, there isn't really any radioactivity, but you could duck dive down to where it's deadly, right? I think you'd need to to get really close to it, like within a couple of metres. Yeah, I mean, if you're a good duck diver, you'd be all right. Mm. It just depends how strong a swimmer you are, whether you can get close to the good stuff. (laughs) The lovely warm rock. Get yourself some delicious radiation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but like paddling around on the surface, apparently, would be completely fine. And the reason, I, the reason yeah. why it's it's uh, absolutely not allowed is more obviously because you might contaminate something or something might fall off you and get clogged in the filter. The fil- clogged in the filter makes it sound like the kind of swimming pool I put up for my kids in the summer, which is like right. an above ground little thing with a filter pump. Does it have any uranium in it? I'm not aware of it having any uranium in it. Hmm. Maybe you should check. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's quite cold, which would imply there's no uraniums. Mm, yes. If it had well, some uraniums, I... it wouldn't be so bleeding freezing all the time. Well, I think the, the top of it would be still quite cold, right? It's only oh, the I see, yeah. The, the uraniums. You want to dangle the uraniums warm. from floaters. I've got a floater for glory. <laughs> Why not one for uraniums mm. as well? Floater's not a good word, is it? It's not a good word, no. No, we should avoid that word in future. <laughs> So here's the thing, like, I was just thinking about it because 
they use water to cool stuff. I was hearing, I think. I was going to say reading, but I don't know which method of getting information into my brain holes it was. But apparently, anyway, water is extremely difficult to alter the temperature of it. You know, it takes a lot of energy to heat it up. Right, um, right. Apparently, there's a kind of point at which it has the minimal i can't remember the word for it thermal something or other but like it takes the least energy to change its temperature um and it's around 37 degrees c around body temperature and there's a suspicion that that might be why our body temperature is is around there like mammalian body temperature is around that area because it's the temperature at which it takes least energy to maintain it by pushing it hotter or colder Okay, well, that I mean, that would make sense, wouldn't it? It would make sense. I always wondered whether it was because we evolved in the tropics where it's about that temperature. Who am I to say? I'm no science man, but um, <laughs> <laughs> both I sound plausible you, to me. I thought you were a science man. I mean, I'm a science man in that I am a man and I'm prepared to talk about science at length, but I'm not formally <laughs> qualified. At amazing length. At, at really tortuous length. Yes. <laughs> that sounds likely, the, the body temperature thing. It does. What about what about non mammalian species? What's the what's the temperature of a bird or, or Well, a... so my chickens are surprisingly warm. They're like substantially warmer than we are. I I've got no idea why that would be. Feathers. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Anyway, we're talking about the sea. Oh yes, the sea. The sea is made of water, so we're and full of uraniums. So we're still on the right subject, I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the sea? I love the sea. Um, Here are the reasons why the sea is good. Mm. The sea is good because you can uh, swim in it. Yeah. The sea is good because it contains the colossal squid, which is, as we all know, the best of the creatures. I, I absolutely agree, yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's it. Those are the two reasons why the sea is good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's covered everything, hasn't it? Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, you are more of a seaman than than me. You, I, I for about ten years lived upon the sea. You did live upon the sea, didn't you? In a in a fragile floating house, a life uh, on the ocean wave for you. Mm, mm. Yes. Well, I mean, it was mostly a marina rather than the ocean wave. Whenever um, you say that, I think of the Thunderbirds song. You know, Marina, Marina, Aqua Marina, Marina. Yes. Why does my heart skip a beat whenever you're near? I always thought that was really odd in Thunderbirds because, like, Marina, the 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 mute um, fish lady, uh, mermaid fish lady, yeah, wasn't necessarily the main part of the show. It always mm. bothered me that that they dedicate the entire closing credits to singing about how lovely she is when, like, it's not really about her. I mean, I do remember it being slightly odd. Like, as a kid, like, I wasn't particularly interested in whether there was some kind of romance. Plus, there mm. never was any kind of romance, was there? Plus, I don't think now so. as an adult, think about it. She's not human, so that's really weird, right? She's quite human. I mean, yeah, she's but as she's close not to human, human as you can she? get. She's like a fish. Is she She's fish? basically a, a, like a mullet, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a great I think mullet. you're right. Yeah, a great mullet. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Speaking of which, those are the fish that were um, most prevalent in my marina where I used to live. Mullets. mullets. Mm. Oh, right. So why 
is, maybe you can answer me this, as you have spent many years communing with the mullets, mm. why, why is the hairstyle, the mullet hairstyle, called the mullet? Because it doesn't bear any resemblance that I can grasp to the mullet, which is a pretty ordinary-looking fish, if I'm honest. Yes, they're, they're an unremarkable fish. Yeah. yeah. I think when they, when they go to certain depths in the ocean, I think... They develop their, a hairstyle? Their heads naturally sprout a sort of um, kelpy mane. Oh, is that where kelp but comes it, from? I think so, yeah, yeah. Mm. And when they, when they rise to the surface, it, it dissolves naturally in the, in the sunlight. Sorry, I'm going to have to jump backwards in our conversation and amend my assertion that the only good things about the sea were um, that you can swim in it and that it contains colossal squid. Because kelp is brilliant, and kelp comes from the sea. Okay. Why yeah. is kelp brilliant? I love kelp. I wrote a song about how much I love kelp. Mm. Because I do love kelp so much. And I'm glad that I know where it comes from now. It comes from the mullet fish, from the head of the mullet fish. I once, many years ago, I lived in Australia for a year. And um, I was in Melbourne on the south coast. And uh, the office where I worked, we all clubbed together. And the IT guy had a pilot's license. So we all clubbed together and we hired a plane between us. And he flew us to this island called King Island, which is a a little bit off Tasmania, a tiny little island. And the main thing that people do there, apart from make cheese, is they collect kelp. And it produces this really large proportion of the world's kelp, like loads of the world's kelp comes from this tiny island with just a few people on it off the coast of Tasmania. And um, you go around the island, there's people driving around with trailers full of kelp and people with drying racks covered in kelp outside their houses. The beaches are covered in kelp. It's just kelp everywhere. It's an just incredibly kelpy place. Delicious kelp, yeah, as far as the eye can see. That's right. I went into a shop where they made things out of kelp. And um, right. yeah, it's big kelp, so it dries quite hard. And you could buy like a kelp hat or, you know, all sorts of different things made of kelp. I bought a kelp dinosaur called right. Kelpie, yeah, which I gave to my mum and she's still got. Decades later, she's still got Kelpie the dinosaur. Kelpie the kelp oh, dinosaur. Wow. Yeah. Kelp, amazing. And the, the kelp, what they do is they get the kelp and, the, mm. and they cut it to shape and they punch holes in it and they stitch the pieces together with threads made of more kelp and then the whole thing <laughs> dries hard. Right. Amazing, hey? What's the main, like, agri- well, industrial or commercial use for kelp? Because presumably it's not, it's not making toy dinosaurs presumably no that's not the main one actually it's used in large industrial quantities for as an emulsifier for things like ice cream it's got loads of kelp in it oh right okay yeah there you go if you've eaten ice cream you've eaten delicious kelp delicious life-giving kelp yes best of all the things it's and it's an alga isn't it algae i think so an algum An, an, an algum yes it's an algum if you wrote an, an album about kelp, it would be an algum album, wouldn't it? If you amalgamated yeah, if you wrote it with another... Of the, oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, there. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going back to your list of reasons why the sea is great. And yeah. I think the fact that you can swim in it and the yeah. fact that there are colossal squids in it, yeah, are somewhat they somewhat harm each other, don't they? Like, I... Maybe. If I had to swim in, a, say, a yeah. swimming pool, yeah, and I I had to choose whether or not there was a colossal squid in there with me. Yeah, I would I would go for no squid, please. I was just sorry. I'm just gonna just just quickly before I engage with that, ask you if you remember that famous battler for kelp rights and Algam X. 
Al- Algamex. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, Algamex. Yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I see where you're coming from. What you're saying is you fear being mangled by the colossal squid, right? That's what you're I do, at. yes, yes. But I don't fear it. I would welcome the opportunity to swim with the colossal squid and dance the beautiful tentacly dance of its people. I think of all the ways you could be eaten yeah. by some kind of predator, yeah. I think a, a colossal squid's the worst one. Really? Yeah. I, like, so you get grabbed by, by all the, the tentacles. The tentacles, the, cruel... the suckers have got hooks in them. On the They have. They've got yeah. horrible, cruel hooks. So once they, they latch mm. on, they tear into you and there's no getting yep. out. Yep. And then they draw towards their mouths, which contain these enormous beaks. Yeah, like a huge parrot beaks. beak, black parrot and then beak. Yeah. While you're being raked and impaled by all the tentacles, this enormous monstrous beak kind of tears away at you. I think that's the worst way to be eaten, isn't it? Well, I was just thinking that quite a lot of lampreys is probably a really bad way to go. Death death by a thousand lampreys. Yeah, I mean it probably wouldn't take a thousand, it'd probably take, you know, like twenty-five, maybe. Just mm. eating eating their way into you, slowly rasping a circular hole into you. But with That'd a lamprey, bad, I could, right? Well, I could, I could fight a single lamprey. I reckon you could I reckon eat I a lamprey. Fight, well, I, you know, that you could pull one off. You, you could <laughs> pull poor, one off. That's a poor phrase, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's a bad choice of phrase. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think a single lamprey, I would yes. probably win that fight. I mean, he'd yes. probably give me a a bit of a nasty rasp. <laughs> Nasty Rasp. Isn't he a drill musician? Nasty (laughs) (laughs) Definitely some kind of urban musician. Anyway, yes. Okay, a lamprey the size of a colossal squid would be would be terrifying. Oh yeah. It'd be colossal is how big it'd be. Mm. How big is a colossal squid, Joel? It's colossal, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's a giant squid. There is. Which isn't as big as the colossal squid. Correct. What if we so okay, so colossal squids live really, really deep. Yes. And we we rarely, rarely see them. Yes. And I think most encounters have just been with dead ones that have floated up. Right. Yeah, there's definitely or bits one of or them. two that or, have got caught in the, the deep sea the wounds, fishing line. The wounds yeah. in, in like whales. Um Yes. That have been also found. from giant squid, right? Because sperm whales mm. go and hunt the giant squids. They do. And they yeah, have big yeah. sucker scars on them and stuff, yeah. So actually, we, do you know what? Hey, sorry, sorry, just quickly. Yeah, and mm. and from their beaks, right? Because sperm whale stomachs are full of beaks. So oh, when wow. they when they um used to catch sperm whales and squeeze them for their precious oil, mm. they would find stomachs full of undigested squid beaks, massive ones. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Speaking of um, undigested beaks, yeah. I um I ate an octopus in uh, in Spain once. Um, Was it alive? No, it wasn't. It was deep fried. But right. so um, my my partner and I it was our last night in Spain before going home from for mm. a holiday, and um, we went to a bar and, and we just ordered yep. some tapas and um, ordered some octopus because we both yep. like octopus. Yeah. Um, and we weren't expecting we were expecting just a little bit of of, of tasty snacky octopus, but yep. what came out was an entire whole deep fried octopus. Brilliant. That we shared, and it was like finding the wishbone in a ha! in a in a bird. Yeah, like who gets the beak? Nice. Yeah, it was lovely. So yeah, That's the great. beak was in there. 
Yeah. I once invented the Choctopus. Was were you were you kind of on on the team at that point, I, or was that before? I don't your remember time? the Choctopus. No, it must have been before before your time. Yeah. Well, I invented it, and it's uh, an octopus, like a small octopus, which you cook, but you then dip in molten chocolate and allow to dry, mm. and it's a Choctopus. And uh, yeah, I tried it. It's absolutely awful. <laughs> like really bad. <laughs> it's a horrific combination that no one should ever do again. <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad that you did the science there, so none of us, none of the rest of us, have to. Well, I am a famously a science man, mm. a man of science, which is why I ate all that uranium. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, what possessed you to to try the octopus? The name was it? I just thought octopus was a good name just for the sake of a pun, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As with everything we ever do, it started with a pun, and I thought I might give that a go, uh, and it was terrible. Well, <laughs> you say everything we ever do is started with a pun. It's either started with a pun or derailed for an hour while we stop anywhere <laughs> to try and think of a pun. The worst thing is when it starts to turn into a pun fight when one or more, because we're not the only ones, right? We have a bunch of friends that we quite often write with or even just sit and talk to in the pub with. And as mm. soon as it turns into a competition, which is someone says a pun and then someone says a rival pun, immediately everything stops while everybody furiously tries to think of more puns until yeah. someone has the wherewithal to just stop it. So we can't do this. Well, that's it, because it, it, the only way it ends is it sort of peters out as everyone silently sits trying to think of a pun. Because it gets harder and harder, right? As mm, the easy, yeah. the low-hanging fruit disappear. Someone has to stop it. It's the bane of our of our working lives. It is. But, you know, I, I, I know, as a general rule, I know not to fall into that trap now because so many days have been lost. To <laughs> sitting in silence with all everybody furiously tries to think of puns. Entire days. Yeah. Yeah. Weeks, months of life. Yeah. <laughs> and they get more and more tenuous. The thing with puns is, unlike a lot of other things in life, quite often the joy of a pun is how bad it is. Yes. Yeah. There's that sweet spot right on the edge of it making sense, but being yeah. very tortured. Like, for example, Amalgam X. Yeah. Like your torso. <laughs> yes, just it, just like my torso. Just just on the edge of making sense, but still <laughs> still really baffling in a way that's quite really? hard to describe. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, you have Unsettling. to think about it. You really have yeah. to think about it for some time before it even begins to make sense. I'll be honest with you, Dave. It haunts my dreams. I, I <laughs> quite often wake up in a cold sweat, and it's just the way your torso. If you stare at it hard enough, it starts to kind of fold in on itself. You know, like seems to have angles that shouldn't be. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It uh, is completely baffling, isn't it? It, it is. just doesn't make any sense. No, no. It's a problem. As, as torsos go, Dave, that that one's it's an outlier from the norm. I think I think I should just cut it off and get a new one. A prosthetic torso. Yeah, I reckon. Maybe I mean, you maybe you just get one from the butcher. Oh yeah, get a kelp one. Hmm. Oh, I could get one for the butcher. That'd be fun too, wouldn't it? I yeah. could get like a, le a sheep torso. Just one, yeah, just any, whatever torso he happens to have handy at the time. Yeah, they've got loads in the, in the room out back. There's <laughs> loads of torsos. Butchers yeah. are great for torsos. Yeah. Yeah. In the nightmare room of torsos. What would your, if you weren't restricted by what the butcher's got in stock, right? what would your favoured replacement torso be? Do I have to stick with mammalian torsos? No, any torso you like. This is um, Any torso is... at all? From, yeah. from the animal kingdom. Yeah. So you had a magic Ooh. genie and he gave mm. you three wishes and it would all suck, three of it would, those. It would, 
it would be a bit rubbish to have a non-magic genie just to do that would just be a person wouldn't it <laughs> it would <laughs> a person crammed into a tiny lamp ow yeah they'd be crushed mm. horribly yeah that's oh, a good job God, genies oh, are magic dear. isn't it there'd be a huge pressure as well as soon as you opened it there'd just be an explosion of gore <laughs> oh you don't yeah, want to yeah, rub you it and it sort of heat it up and the gore expands and then it just sort of bursts out yeah, but you've got a human volume under extraordinarily high pressure crushed into that space. Yeah, especially that would generate quite a bit of heat, wouldn't it? Well, especially seeing as you're mainly made of water, which can't really be compressed. Like, mm. how would that even work? Would you you have to get down to the nuclear fusion level? Would you be crushing atoms at this point? Oh, wow, that would be um, quite catastrophic, wouldn't it? I mean, someone who is more of a science man than us could tell us how you would go about compressing something like a person which is made almost entirely of water, uncompressible water into a tiny space, whether that would involve nuclear stuff. I mean, potentially you're talking about a catastrophic explosion, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It would be birth of a new sun. And a very gory one. But that's why genies are always magic, I suppose. That's answered that I, question. They just, they just have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's a disaster. So to answer your question, I've thought about all the animals... That, uh, exist and have ever existed and i've decided i yeah. think my favorite torso would probably be vole vole but mm. you'd have the same limbs and head yes i think you're going to struggle with the volume of your internal organs there mate i can see <laughs> no, I two problems right i was thinking of compressing we... them down into a tiny space really hard oh well oh okay i think you might have problems with some kind of nuclear fission occurring oh, yeah. Oh, I've learned um, nothing. I mean, I can see two problems with, if you're not doing any compression, I can see two problems. One of which is the interfaces are going to leak unless you, you do something to avoid. You're going to have a lot of overlap of the bit on your neck and your arms and stuff where they mm. meet. You get, I mean, maybe that waterproof tape would do it. I don't know. Um, or plumber's putty, maybe. On the subject of confusing torsos, yeah. how, how do centaurs work? Like you've got at one end, you've got a, a human head and torso but then you've also got a, a horse torso right there's two torsos there so can i can i just specify can i just rephrase your question yeah how do centorsos work because <laughs> <laughs> there's um, there's two sos oh yeah they've got a horso <laughs> yes they've got a, a man, they've got a, a torso and a morso a horso yes in a so, same torso. Like, how does any of that work? Like, do they, it is, it is, does, the, a torso. does the human torso have a human heart? That clearly wouldn't be enough uh, to pump the blood around something the size of a horse, right? So does the horse have a second heart, or or is the human torso just nothing but flesh? And it's I... just a pipe, a pipe that goes from the man face down into the horse stomach. Oh, God, but then you've got... Like ungulate two stomachs, right? Ungulate stomach. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be able to deal with a human diet, and you're going to really it's struggle not, to it? eat a horse diet with your teeth. I mean, the sheer quantity of of grass is going to, you know, be very. Difficult. It's a nightmare. You just can't do it. You physically couldn't do it. You couldn't swallow mm. it through. Yeah, I'd thought without actually thinking this through, but this just reinforces my opinion. I'd thought for a long time that it's probably a misrepresentation of what they really work like. Because right. there's also just too many limbs, right? Mm. 
it strikes me that if you really were like real centaurs are probably the bottom half of a horse and the top half of a man right so you've got the back legs of the horse and then and then the man kind of jutting out laterally from the front of the horse well it'd be like doing a wheelie right you'd have his ass way up in the air and then it'd be kind of pottering along on its little arms hmm. with its head down yeah. by the ground Unless it was a reverse centaur, in which case you've got a horse front end and tiny little human legs at the back. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's uselessly pinwheeling. Yeah, but there's there's like the the kind of centaur that is off that we're really discussing that's often depicted is that's an insect, right? That's got yeah. six legs, so yeah, it's an insect. You're right. That must be. And we know that horses and men are both mammals, so it would be breaking the laws of nature for it to be an insect it could be an insect so lots of insects have have uh developed uh amazing mimicry skills right right yeah. yes that's true like the stick insects stick insects stick. there's there's beetles that look exactly like leaves you know yes so is it true. entirely outside the realms of possibility that a, a gigantic insect could have evolved the ability to look just like a sort of odd man horse a horseman hybrid yeah that's it isn't it that's what's going on here because then we don't need to worry about all the internal plumbing because it's just insect stuff disguised as a man horse yes yeah i think we might have cracked it that must I be where it that's comes the from only way it makes sense right yeah it is is it they're insects they're not mammals at all because I, I don't think there are any centaurs that would work because they you'd see pictures of them wouldn't you if there are and i've never seen I've seen lots a picture of pictures or heard of, yeah, and they're never like ones that would actually work, you know, with like horse legs and man arms, like two mm. two horse legs and two man arms, or two man feet and two front horse legs. So they can't exist. So it must be the insects. It must be very big insects. It must be. Yeah. That's well, got, I'm glad yeah. we cracked that. Yeah. Phew. Well, that's cleared up a, a huge mystery there, hasn't it? Well, I'm, I'm going to write to the new scientist about that. Right. Right. Yeah. They'll be thrilled. I mean, you write to the New Scientist a lot, don't you? I mean, I write to the New Scientist a few times a day as a rule. Yeah, they, they, rarely, they rarely publish your, your findings. That's true. They did publish a letter from me once. I must have told you about that, right? Did they? Yeah. Did I never tell you about that? You might have. I just I don't listen to things you say. That's true. And, and you're right to disregard everything I say. <laughs> yeah, no, I wrote to them about risk. Because it struck me, you know how people famously are terrible at judging risk, right? We're incredibly bad at it. Do you mean, do you mean the concept species. of risk or, or the board game? No, I mean the concept of risk. Like we worry okay. about things that aren't actually a problem and we don't worry about things that are, you know, yeah. as, a, as a species. It struck me that what's missing is an SI unit of risk so we can quantify in a really exact way how dangerous something is, right? Or what the chance okay. something is. So. Uh, I'm remembering something for a long time ago now, so there may be errors in this. But again, no, no checking, right? That's the rules. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I'm going to say it as if I remember it perfectly, even though I don't. So what I did was I had a look through the accident statistics from the previous year to try and find something which caused exactly one death in a one-year period. Right. Which would give us a baseline unit of risk, right? Which is a there's one person in the country dies of this in any one year, uh -huh. and um. I managed to find one thing which did cause that, and it was accidents caused by curtains. So, right. Yeah. So right. my suggestion was that the curtain is the SI unit of risk, and um, all other risks should be expressed as curtains. So as a right. Right. proportion 
of their risk relative to the risk so was of this, curtains. Was this you just found one curtain death in one year, or was this the average amount of curtain deaths per year? Was no, it was a one year stat. Like it was a thing that caused one death in one year. Yeah, like okay. the year that I had the stats for the accidents. That doesn't for. sound particularly statistically rigorous to me. If I'm honest, yeah, it is science. So right, you can okay. question, <laughs> yes. yeah, right. You can question all you like, but they're invalid questions. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I can't remember the examples now, but I found like a few examples of, you know, like how dangerous a ladder is measured in curtains. It was, you know, many curtains and right, how, right. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and they published it, which I thought was quite nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, they yeah. They it? Were... Was, it, was it published as like the last letter on the letters page? You know, the one that's there basically to be laughed at? Oh, I doubt that. I don't remember, <laughs> but I doubt that. I mean, I should dig it out, actually, because I remember um, looking, you know, like measuring risk in killer curtains and mega curtains for things that were really dangerous. Yeah. Okay. How much How much uptake has it had in the scientific community? Well, I, as you're probably aware, that's how risk is measured now. Right. Of course it is. Yeah. 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 Isn't there some way of measuring something bad via bananas? Is it radioactivity or is it... No, it's something like... It's something like... Bananas are slightly radioactive, right? Yeah, they've just got a lot of potassium in them, don't they? Potassium comes from potash. Potash is literally from getting... I can't remember what. And burning it in a pot so you got the ash. Right, right. Bananas. Bananas. No, that's how you get... That's how you enrich uranium, isn't it? <laughs> is it's it? It's radioactive. You get bananas... You burn them, then you dissolve the ash and you evaporate it, and what's left is uranium. And the more bananas you use, the more enriched it is, I think. Is or is it the right? longer you boil it, the more enriched it is? Yeah, oh. it's probably the longer you boil it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, probably. Because there's like the kind of uranium that I'm currently having on my toast, which um, just is enough to make you glow in nice, healthy green glow. Mm. But then if you boil it for a few hours, then you've got weapons-grade uranium, which you can use to make a bomb. Right. Oh, that's that's really useful to know. Yeah. Yeah. The sea, anyway. <laughs> the sea. Yeah. I think we're doing quite a good job of explaining the sea today. I think we've explained it quite well, yeah. 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 So it's a lot of sea, isn't it? There is. Is there too much sea, do you think? Oh, is there too much sea? Would everything, would everything be a bit more convenient if there was a bit less sea? Okay, so do you mean the sea should be less deep so that we've got loads of sea, but it's all kind of, you know, like if you go on holiday somewhere with a Mediterranean climate and you can just kind of swim around and dive down to the bottom and collect shells and paddle in the shallow bits. That You know, that wasn't what I was thinking, but yeah, if you just go snorkeling anywhere, then it'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah. the whole ocean was like that. Or do you mean there's more land no, I don't mean more land. I think we've probably got enough land. I just mean less sea. I don't understand what the thing that isn't sea or land is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what I mean is just a much smaller planet, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the only way to achieve that would be shrinking the globe. Yeah. You'd have to offset the, um, the, the size by uh, making it more dense, wouldn't you? Otherwise, we'd have all sorts of orbital problems. Is that bad, though? I mean, having less gravity would have lots of good things about it. I suppose it would, yeah. It depends how less gravity. Being able to jump much better would be excellent. That would be ace. Not being able to avoid being hurled into space would be less good. Here's the thing, though, right? As we all know, you're colossal squid, right? Mm. It can only be colossal without even a skeleton. Um, yes. Just remember, it's yeah. just made of, of elastics. <laughs> <laughs> the reason it can be so big and so awesome is because it lives 
in the sea under the water where there's no gravities. Right. So if we didn't have any gravities, then we also that... would be able to dispense with our skeletons and grow enormous. I'm not entirely sure this is 100% science, I have to say. Are you questioning my science? I, I'm a science man. Right, of course, of course. I don't think buoyancy negates gravity. Or maybe it does. Right. I'm not a science man, I f freely admit. Like, I'm not sure there's no gravity at the bottom of the sea. I just think there's a lot of pressure and a lot of buoyancy, right? I think you've misunderstood, Dave. Right. The gravity doesn't work in the water. That's why right. fish levitate, right? Oh, that does make sense. That's why flying fish exist. Yeah, because they're made of water. So <laughs> yes. when they when they leak out of the water, they just float off into the sky and they have That's... to flap their little wings to get back to the water. You're right, yeah. That's why um, the, the grey mullet's uh, kelp mane dissolves as well. Right. Once it's, it's only held in place by, by the lack of gravity. Oh, uh, they balance it on. Yeah, right? yeah. And then and as soon as they, they come, come to the closest, surface... Yeah, you know, the just, more gravity it's, leaks it's in. It's pulled down, yeah. yeah. Yes, we've solved a whole bunch of mysteries today. This is really good. How do you... How, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, Dave, mm. I'm disappointed that having spent almost your entire life bobbing around, levitating on top of the sea, that you hadn't noticed that you weren't just sinking to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because we did the rituals. Right. As long as you do the rituals, your your boat will stay nicely on the surface. The moment right. you stop the rituals, the sea will claim you. Right. Which rituals do you have to do to, to avoid Well, being I mean, there's a lot sunk. of chanting. Uh, yeah. There's obviously a lot of uh, blood sacrifice. Yes. I mean, it's not, it's not really a ritual without blood sacrifice. But yes. luckily, there's like a near infinite amount of seagulls, which are perfect for the task. Okay, that's fine. I mean, the seagull, there's clues in the name, right? That's how they stay in the sky, because they're also made of the sea. So yes. they also levitate. That's right. What they do is they flap themselves down to the ground and then grip on with their grasping flipper feet. How does something like a cormorant work, which is at home both above, on and beneath the sea? Well, it has to power itself down. So when it lands on the sea, mm. it's kind of holding on with its flippers. Right, its <laughs> flippers. Yeah, but when it goes under the sea, as you know, it's powering itself under with its fly it flies underwater, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And then when it relaxes, it just kind of floats back into the sky. Oh, right. So the way it can fly in air and also fly underwater, does it just like flap the other way? Yeah, reverse flaps, right? Yeah. Instead of it flapping yeah. its wings up and down, it flaps them down and up. <laughs> and then um, that's, that's how it works. That's the trick. Wow. Yeah. I love cormorants. They're my, they're my favorite seabird. I think oh, it's amazing. interesting. I, I wasn't sure whether you would just dislike all seabirds. No, no, just just herring gulls. Not even just like herring um, gulls. black bat gulls or other gulls. Just herring gulls. They're just the oh, worst. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you with albatrosses? Love them. Really? Yeah. You don't I murder like... them whenever you see them? No, I do. I love them. I like to murder them and hang them around my neck. That seems <laughs> yes. to be the, the best thing to do. Yeah, that's it. That's the accepted way to deal with an albatross, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you had an albatross and another albatross, right. would you call them Albert and Ross? <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Yes, I would. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd have to, wouldn't you? Someone must have used the name Albert Ross in some kind of work of fiction, surely. They must, mustn't they? I don't know the etymology of, of albatross. Right. I wonder, I wonder if it does have something to do with the name Albert. It must do. 
Oh no, it's Albat. It's Albat. It's not Albert, is it? It's Albat. Are you saying that Albat isn't a good name? Albat. I've got a pet bat, and his name is Albat. <laughs> Albat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about it, it probably has nothing to do with the name Albert, does it? Nothing whatsoever. I, I'd presume not. No. Mm. I mean, it could be the name Albert that has something to do with albatrosses. Could be. Yeah. Prince Albert, for example, was famously an albatross. He was. That's why they had to put a ring through him and a chain to hold him to the ground, right? Yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. Otherwise, he just would have floated away. But I think Queen Victoria, if I remember rightly, used to use the chain like a balloon string and kind of wander around on official engagements with Prince Albert floating above her, anchored by the chain, right? That's entirely true, yeah. yeah. You'd see her just wandering around Hyde Park, just merrily bobbing her husband along. Yeah, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame there were no kind of video phones at the time, isn't it? Or else people would be able to watch it now. Because yeah, if I'm honest, some people doubt it. Well, video phones were were banned at the time, weren't they? For for privacy reasons. Was it privacy reasons? I thought it was because of the excessive coal use. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, you need a miniature coal-fired power station. Yeah, 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 yeah. You had to kind of cart around a wheelbarrow full of coal, constantly feed it into the into the furnace that was yeah. powering the mobile phone camera. Yeah. Speaking of the sea and furnaces, I went to visit the um, SS Great Britain a while ago. Oh, good. In, yeah. In Bristol, and yeah. going into its engine room is amazing. It's just this. Should you say what it space. is for anybody who doesn't know what the SS Great Britain is? Oh yeah, the SS Great, Great Britain. Britain it was um it was made by Isambard Kingdom Brunel, who's a, a Victorian engineer. It's for the time an incredibly large ship. It's a a hybrid uh, sail and steam ship, and it was uh, at the time the largest ship that ever been built. I believe it it took years to build. It was a bit of a a folly in the end. I think it never really was very successful because it took so long to build and was so enormous. There's all sorts of like ridiculous things about its building. So they built it and then realised it was too large to leave the dock. So oh, it really? Stuck. It was stuck for like a year while they had to rebuild the dock to, ha. to make it large enough to leave, which seems incredible that no You'd one have could You'd thought you could work that out, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you would, yeah. Especially Isambard Kingdom Brunel, who in theory was quite a good engineer. Well, yes. I mean, in theory, this is like the last thing he did, I think. Yes, that's great. Right. I'm not even sure he survived to its final completion. I'm not. Don't don't quote me on that. I'm not googling it. And uh, it's been a while. It's since too late. I'm already quoting so, you on it. Yeah. So so technology also changed massively while it was being built. Basically intended to be this incredibly revolutionary steam. I mean, quite literally, the the paddles revolved, right? Or, or rather, the screws revolved. Was it paddles or screws? Had uh, paddles, screws. Uh, Probably screws. I don't know. Screws. Anyway, they revolved. One way or another, yeah, there were yeah. revolutions. Anyway, it's a very large ship. You can go visit it in Bristol and have a look around. It's it's very good. And tell us whether it's got paddles or screws, because can't remember. Yes. That's, yeah. There's only one way to find out, and that's for someone listening to travel all <laughs> yeah. the way to Bristol and have a look. Yes, there is no other way. But yeah, the, the engine room and the furnace on, on that ship is just insane. Like this cavernous space that would have just been filled with people in incredible heat, just pushing absurd quantities of coal into a fire day in, day wow. out. Yeah. I'm glad awesome. I never worked in the steam room on a steamship. It sounds like a terrible job. I've often thought like stokers must have had a hard time on those kind of ships, but can you imagine being a stoker on a warship of the time? deep below the waterline with no idea what's going on, working in those horrible conditions, but also knowing that if you get hit, you're going down in that room with basically no hope of ever getting out. They would have been way below the waterline, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, well, that's cheery, isn't it? Good yeah, old it sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the plus side, at least once you've sunk, you get to be eaten by the colossal squid, which, you know, is a good use of your body, I suppose. I suppose it is, yeah. That's something to look forward to as you uh, as you sink into the crushing, freezing depths. What would happen to you, though, Dave, with your baffling torso? Oh, I, I, I don't know. What would I it mean, do I... when confronted with your, your completely implausible torso? Well, d- despite spending 10 years living on the water, I always made it a point to never, ever allow myself to be submerged. Because that would right. be very much the sea the sea winning, right? Right. And it was, it was a constant battle to defy the sea. Because the sea wants to drag you down and murder you. Right, okay. So yeah, I never tried it. I've, I've never been submerged. What would you predict a colossal squid would do if it tried to eat you, but realised it was trying to grasp your torso, which, despite holding on to, doesn't ever seem quite like you're gripping it. It's like your hands disappear into some kind of realm that they shouldn't be in. Mm, yeah, I, th- I think with the particularly long tentacles of the colossal squid, I think it'd be even worse. I think the more he tried to get a grip, the more he'd just kind of lose a tentacle into the confusing multidimensional realm of my torso. Can they be brought back or...? Oh, I don't know. It's never happened. Do you end up with rogue tentacles? <laughs> rogue tentacles. <laughs> that's the that that's amazing. Rogue tentacles. It's, it sounds like some kind of incredibly exciting movie. Yeah, the title of your autobiography. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That rogue tentacles. Quite... <laughs> the, the story of David Chute's life at sea. <laughs> that is eventual incarceration. Numerous crimes <laughs> involving tentacles. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you took it to extremes, didn't you? You never touched any moisture of any kind. No, I've never, I've never been wet, not once. What happens if someone tries to spray you with a hose, or you're caught out in the rain, or a car drives past splashing a puddle? What, what happens in those situations? If that ever happened, I think probably it'd be. A similar result to when you try to crush a fully grown man into a tiny lamp. Oh, wow. Well, it's probably yeah. best that we don't do that then. It would be catastrophic, at least. Lucky that you're always covered with a an inch thick coating of grease then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, grease and goose fat and crude oil, whatever yeah. I can get my hands on. As long as it's not too wet. Anything else about the sea? I mean, so what have we decided? The sea, are we going to shallow it up or are we going to shrink the globe? I do. I, I like the idea of shrinking the globe, but actually now you've mentioned it, shallowing it up sounds great. If we just like dump a load of, dump a load of sand into it to sort of shallow it up. Because there's loads of sand that we don't really use. Do you know there's a global shortage of sand? Did you know that? Is there? No? Yeah. Oh, there is. Wow. But there's loads of it. Not the right kind, apparently. You need quite a... It's dredged for use in building works and concrete making and stuff. And um, yeah, there's not enough of it. We're running out of sand. But anyway, sorry, what I was going to say was that there's quite a lot of wasted land in the mountains and stuff, isn't there? There is, If you just kind of took a chainsaw to them and chopped them off and kind of luzz it into the sea... (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah do that do that with all the mountains you'll probably end up with a nice a nice well um, it wouldn't even have to be the mountains if the sea is only like about you know seven foot deep yeah the whole world over there'd be no real threat of tidal waves or tsunamis or any kind of erosion no, at all any really. tsunami would just be fun right yeah it'd be like a lovely fun little wave you could surf on yeah it'd be great so you wouldn't just not need mountains like anything you could level off you could level off the entire land part of the world to maybe at maximum a couple of feet off sea level and you'd be fine is this working on the assumption that the only reason mountains are used for is so that you can climb them to escape tsunamis yeah right okay so i just wanted to get that straight yeah that's what they're for right right okay no i understand because i wasn't aware of why we need mountains but now i know and obviously that means we won't need them anymore so that's fine yeah yeah but we, we won't 
just won't not need mountains. We won't need hills or slight inclines. No. You just basically level off the entire planet to a nice, flat, perfect sphere. It'll make life a lot easier for cyclists. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there must be some kind of advantages in terms of our orbit around the sun, right? Because at the moment, we're rolling around on quite a lumpy ball. If we mm. smooth it off to be more of a billiard ball, then yeah. presumably our orbit around the sun will be smoother. We'll just roll more smoothly around it. Yeah, and we could, while we're at it, we could take the time to mathematically correct for the um, not quite spherical nature of the Earth because it's, it's an oblate spheroid, right? It's, it's That's a good name, isn't the... it? That's, yes. that's my um, my middle child's name. <laughs> Oblate spheroid beach. <laughs> what what shape is is your your son? Funnily enough, an oblate spheroid. Oh, right. oh good. That's yeah. handy. Oh, it's a coincidence. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like quite a, quite a handy coincidence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we could like right thinking the the Earth is slightly wider at the equator than it is. Uh, yes, that's correct. Other... Yeah. Yeah. Any other circumference, right? Yeah. Well, we could shave that off, make it perfectly round. Okay, so the problem here, Dave, is that the reason it does that is because it's rotating and that kind of right. stretches it out. So you either want to, I can see two ways around it, right? One of which is you stop the rotation and uh -huh. the other way is that you kind of run some ropes through the middle with big wooden pallet things on each end and then just kind of winch and tight to squash the earth into more of a circle. <laughs> like a massive earth girdle. An earth girdle, yeah. Earth girdle's another good name. Mm. Hey, talking of names, my yeah. daughter... Does, does this series of noises mean anything to you? Chamoy Pickle Kit? No. No. My daughter came home asking... Can I have a chamoy pickle kit? Please, can I have a chamoy pickle kit? A, ch a chamoy pickle chamoy kit. pickle kit. I see, so it sounds like this... a person, right? That sounds like a Dickensian character. <laughs> chamoy pickle <Yes>. kit. <laughs> that does absolutely. You pickle yeah. kit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should so use this... chamoy pickle kit as a character chamoy... name at some point. We yeah. definitely should. Yeah. The yeah. pickle kit papers. So this presumably is a word she's overheard. No, it's a it's thing. A thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. She's not It's a real it thing, yeah. It's a real thing. Okay. What's Chamoy Pickle Kit? Oh, it sounds absolutely awful. Like right. really awful. Like so there are there's a pickle, like a pickle gherkin, but it's uh, and then a sauce called chamoy, which is a Mexican sauce. So far so good, right? Uh -huh. I like all those things. Yeah, I haven't tried chamoy sauce, but it's made from fruits. I think it's a kind of bitter and tart sauce. Not that I've tried it, so I'm not sure. But that all sounds good, right? I like the sound of chamoy sauce and I like gherkins. But the way that the TikTok craze of eating chamoy pickle kits works is they get sweets or candy, as they call it. And right. Like shove a load of candy into the pickle and then squeeze chamoy sauce on and then take a bite, which sounds like the worst, most disgusting thing ever. Why would you ruin a perfectly good pickle? Yeah, God knows. I mean, these people are insane, criminally insane. <laughs> they ought to be compressed into a lamp, in my Throw opinion. Throw it in the sea. Yeah, should be a crime. They should be banned from access to delicious uraniums. What kind of sweets are we talking about? Like jelly beans or, yeah, exactly. or chocolate? Yeah. Or, candy, just candy sweets, yeah. Why? Ugh. Yeah, it's what disgusting, a waste of both things. What, what awful people come up with this stuff? Psychopaths. They should be fed to the colossal squid. They should be, yeah. Well, the colossal squid wouldn't eat them because they'll taste of chamoy pickles kits. They should be they should be irradiated 
and then stuffed inside a small lamp and then fed to the colossal squid. Although I feel like the irradiating, the irradiating's like a bonus, really. I've got this <laughs> lovely warmth and I don't need a torch in the dark anymore. That's true, yeah, yeah. And your skin's gone nice and crispy. It has. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Like, you know when bacon is done just right? <laughs> mm, right, right. Yeah, it's kind of gone a bit brown and a bit crispy, but it hasn't burnt to a frazzle yet. Right. It's just there. Kind of lovely smell to it. That does sound nice, yeah. You're going to um, dunk your water bottle in the cooling pond while you're in there having a dip? I think so, yeah. Fill up. Definitely fill up. What are you going to do if they don't let you in to the nuclear reactor, that is, obviously, in case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about? I mean, I just use my amazing persuasive powers. And what, what are those amazing persuasive powers? Mostly it's to do with having a baffling torso, if I'm honest. Right. Do you just I pull your them. T-shirt up? Um, yeah, now, they look there. well, normally that would distract them enough. But yeah. if not, then I just have to sort of envelop them in its, in its many transdimensional manifolds. I mean, I've watched you do this a few times, pull up your T-shirt, and um, I haven't looked at what you're revealing, obviously, for obvious reasons, uh-huh. but I've watched what happens to the people who are looking. And as a rule, they just kind of stand there with this ever-widening-eyed <laughs> expression for a while, right. and then they start to shriek, and then they just kind of back away until they hit something solid like a wall or a table, and then they yeah. curl up into a fetal position and sob. And I've never seen anyone do anything else after that except for yeah. gradually die of thirst. Well, no, occasionally they they do sort of tear their own eyes out with a spoon. That happens yeah, sometimes. Yeah, 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 fair go. Uh, but mostly, yeah, mostly it's whimpering and gibbering. And unto the death. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I'll be fine. I think I'll just walk in. Yeah, yeah I think that I think that work fine. Just just shove your t-shirt up over your head and, and walk in. Yeah, yeah. And anyone who does try to stop you just be enveloped in the torso, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, they'll be lost. Never seen again. That's right. Yeah. Just a kind of disembodied, vaguely echoing, screaming sound that follows you around, leaking in from whatever dimension they've ended up in. I mean, I can still, you know, at night, when everything's a bit quiet, I can still hear them howling. The screaming of your many victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stuck in whatever hell it is that befalls and someone it, who touches And occasionally, torso. just occasionally, like a, a pale, withered hand sort of shakingly reaches out. What do you do when that happens? I, I, I slap it down with the ruler. Yeah, good choice of implement for slapping it down. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're kind of ideal cool. for that. You don't want to use a hammer. That would just be mean, right? That'd be mean, wouldn't it? Yeah. You don't want to use ham because that would be a waste of ham. Merham. Merham? That's ham from the sea, right? That's what it happens is, yeah. when you get Marina Aquamarina and right. you, um, you bop her on the head and then put her in brine to cure. Right, yeah. And you get merham. I mean, she's already in brine. She is. So presumably she's already ham. Presumably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Maybe that's so. What that's we're the answer about to the, the song, right? Yeah, Marina yeah. Aquamarina. Why does my heart skip a beat whenever you're near? It's because she's so delicious. Mmm, yeah. <laughs> hamfish. That's why they keep her around. Oh, do you think they're breeding them? They're fattening her up for, for sure. Because I mean, it's it's true that sea fish. I mean, to my palate, sea fish is nicer than freshwater fish by a long margin, and it is right. to do with the kind of salty sea flavour rather than the kind of muddy flavour that you get in a lot of freshwater fish. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that would make an ideal ham, right? If you could get kind of mammalian flesh, but naturally brined by a life submerged in the deep. Is she aware, do you think, of this fate? 
Probably. She must be. I Probably mean, lives stupid. with this constant dread, I'd have thought. Or, you know, just happy to do it. Just all right with it. Like that yeah. thing in the Hitchhiker's books, the cow exactly that wants like to that. be eaten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it puts a new spin on the show and makes it a lot less baffling. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, they Finally, should make it more obvious sense. because it passed over my head as a child and I would have been much more on board with the show if I'd known they were just farming her for her flesh. <laughs> I mean, it's a subtext, isn't it? You know, it, you don't want to make it too obvious. Subtext as in it's submarine? Yes, a submarine text. Yeah, because she is submarine, isn't she? Yes, and it's a show about a submarine. She's a submarine thing. In a submarine. She's a submarine creature Does she ever in go submarine. in the submarine? That'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? A submarine in a submarine. I don't know, actually. I, I don't think she does. I think she swims outside it, doesn't she? I haven't seen the show for a long time, but I just always remember her just sort of... Swimming. Not even swimming, just kind of sitting about. God, Jesus. She could at least put on a bit of muscle mass, right? Yeah, yeah. What are they feeding? Are they feeding her up? Maybe they're fattening her up. Grain. Yeah, mostly just sitting around eating grain. <laughs> eating um, acorns from the oak forests of Catalonia. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That they kind of sprinkle into the sea for her <laughs> to give her a lovely acorny flavour. Mmm. Oh. Oh. Oh, so nutty. Do you think her flesh is all kind of marbled and mmm? <laughs> <laughs> Just hoik her out, shove her in um, a big pile of salt for like seven or eight months until she's completely desiccated, and then uh, hang her from the ceiling and slice her very, very fine. Mm. <laughs> That's what you do, by the way, in case you're wondering. To, I'm like. Um... Yeah. To fish ladies, yeah. Yeah, unlike kind of sardines, pilchards, whatever, where you kind of smash them all into a barrel. They don't do that. Do they do, they do that with, with mermaids? Oh, I think smash so. Smash them all into a barrel with some salt and then nail a, nail a lid on? Yeah, I mean, it's not the traditional thing that sailors do with, with, with mermaids, is it? Isn't it? I mean, there is a I mean, you're the sailor, thing. you'd know. I'm... Oh, I, did, I did very little sailing. What did you do with the mermaids, though, that you caught? Did you hammer them into, into barrels? Uh, yes. Yeah, that wasn't to eat, though. That was just to stop them from, you know... Merming everywhere. Merming everywhere, yeah. Getting all, them, their, all their horrible, all slippery, their merm wet all over the place. all over the place. Oh, oh God. They've mermed all over the place again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joel, um, have we covered the sea, do you think? What would you have cover we covered- it with? There's a lot. It's a lot of you're going to be in an enormous tarp, like a massive a world tarp, tarp. I was thinking, like global you do to keep your, your swimming pool clean, right? Just but a massive global tarp. size. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have we conversationally discussed all pertinent aspects of the sea? Yes, yes. I think we have. We, I think we've we like, answered all possible questions about the sea, right? We like that it exists, although yes. we think it is a bit too deep. Yeah, it can probably be filled in a bit. Yeah, um, we like colossal squids. It'd be a lot easier to find if the sea was only seven feet deep. They would, because that's one of the problems with the sea is it's quite hard to find the squids, the big ones. Yeah, yeah. Big squids. Johnny Big Squid is what I would call my pet colossal squid. Johnny Big Squid. Yeah. All right, Johnny. And he'd go, except he's got a beak, so he'd be like, because he can't kind of move his lips. Would he not be more, you know, how dare you? I'm not a big squid. I'm a colossal squid. I think you just see the funny side of it. Right, I see. They've got quite a good self-deprecating sense of humour, your colossal squids. Right, right. Yeah, not like your giant squid, because they're not quite top of the rung. Yeah, they're a bit insecure the about it, aren't they? A little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're, they're, they can get really crappy about it, yeah. Yeah. 
if you called a giant squid Johnny Big Squid, it it probably probably tentacle you right up. Yeah, he probably would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Possibly, possibly beak you as well. Right in the torso. Beak you right in the torso, which would be fine for you. Yeah, it would fine. be a problem yeah. for me. So. Mm. I, I'm not going to have a pet giant squid. And if I did, I wouldn't call him Johnny Big Squid. Although that'd be confusing anyway, because I've already got Johnny Big Squid, who's a colossal squid. Yes. Yeah. It's important to give unique names to your squid pets. It is. Otherwise, it's a recipe for confusion, right? Mm. Yeah. What's your giant squid called? Uh, my, gi- my giant squid or my colossal squid? My giant squid. Either. Whichever one you've got, or both. I would call him Bitey. Bitey's a good name. How about Squid David? Squid David. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. That would work, wouldn't it? Yeah. Dave Squid. Dave Squid. Dave Squid's good. Dave Squid. Yeah, it's that one. It's Dave Squid. Yeah. Beaky Steve. Beaky, Beaky Steve. Steve is good. Yeah. Beaky Steve is nice. I was just, I was just wondering if there's something a little bit narcissistic about naming all my pets the same as my name. <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. This is David the Parrot. <laughs> Yes, this is my ocelot, David, and uh, <laughs> this, this is my limpet, David. <laughs> and here's my ad farm. They are all called David. <laughs> in here, in this tank, are my amoebas. <laughs> <laughs> There's David, 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 David. I warn you, this is going to last a long time. <laughs> David, David, David. <laughs> yeah, it's the last time I asked for an introduction to your pets. <laughs> It took weeks, right? It took absolutely weeks. Weeks. Oh, man. Yeah. And it really ended because we all passed out. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, if you didn't insist on saying good morning to them all individually every morning, the days would be a lot more productive as well. And shorter, you know. Yeah. It takes three or four months to, to do the morning ritual. So yeah. basically, I've got a huge backlog of days now. Wow. I'm so behind. Yeah, you are. I'm surprised you didn't sink if your rituals are taking so long getting backlogged so much well that's why i left the boat in the end Couldn't oh, that that's why all. you're on land now yeah 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 great well what should we do next week dave Ed? oh i haven't thought what should we talk about um how... do we want to do like a thing an animal a general theme what do you think i think we've done a couple of animals so far i think we should steer away from animals for a bit yeah okay um we could do we've done the sea how about, about something, something like space like... or space is good, yeah. Yeah. That that covers the two large things, doesn't it? Sea and space. Yeah, those are the two realms. Yeah, yeah. Okay, space it is. Space. Excellent. Next next wait. episode, which will be episode four, we will be educating you about space. I cannot wait, John. It's going to be amazing. Well, thank you very much. This has been it's going to be stellar. Yeah, great. Bye, Dave. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.